Well, Heavenly Father, we do uh, thank you for gathering us together this morning. We are gathered in, in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you that uh, you promise you're in our midst this morning. And I pray that you just make, uh, make yourself known to us, your presence known to us. Lord, I pray that uh, we would hear from you today as we look at a few verses. God, I pray that you would enable me to pass on your heart, the things you've put on my heart to, to everyone here. Um, God, we just pray you continue to lead and guide our church here as you're leading us into this building campaign. Lord, help us to rise up and build, uh, even as that verse says. And we just want to commit this time to you this morning. We, we tell you we love you. Um, we, we just want to worship you with our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we've got a few verses we're going to look at. Basically, I want to just uh, set the stage real quick for something and then... Uh, We'll, we'll tell you what we'll do after that, but I'm just going to look at a few verses this morning to set the stage here. The theme of this morning we're going to talk about is just, it's about sacrifice, it's about the heart of sacrifice. And so the first verse we're going to look at is a kind of a classic verse. If you have your house Bibles, you can turn there. Um, it's Romans 12.1. Um, if you have a, a Bible, you can blurt out the page number there uh, if you find it, when you find it. 1123, page 1123. And so, uh, this verse in a lot of ways, I, I think, summarizes some of the sacrifice uh, that's required for the Christian life. It's, uh, I think, a, a way to just express our, our lives through sacrifice. Um, let's see here, I'll pull it up and pull it on too. So, um, I think it's also a memory verse. Did we already memorize this one? Yeah. Good. And everyone remembers it still? Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. Don't, just don't ask me, uh-huh. Um, no, I'm sure you do. But therefore I urge you, my brothers, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I, I might have missed something in there, but um, you get the idea. But this is uh, Paul, and he's writing to believers, he's writing to people like you and I, and he's saying, in light of God's mercy to us, all that we have through His love, through His grace, His forgiveness, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And, and really the heart of that, I'm sure you all understand, if you offer your body as a sacrifice, really it's talking about offering your whole life. Pretty much you would not exist in this world without your body. Um, and so when it's talking about offering your body, body, it's talking about offering your whole life and everything that can come through your, the body that we dwell in now, you know. And so, um, but I want to start just by asking the, the question. That's a new word, too, there. Spiritual act of worship. So um, that's a Greek word there, actually. So, no, just joking. Um, uh, anyways, um, I just want to ask you guys the question, if you, have, you ever, have you ever personally given your life to Jesus Christ? Given your life. I'm not talking about salvation. Salvation is when you receive the free gift of eternal life that He's given to you. But have you ever offered your life to Jesus Christ? This is really referring to a, kind of an act of, of sacrifice, of worship, that's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of deal. We, we tell God, God, all that I am is yours. I, I give it to you as a, a thank offering. I give it to you everything that I am and that I can do as an offering to please you and to be holy, you know, uh, to live by the holy scriptures. But have you ever done that? Has there been a time in your life, maybe at a conference, maybe, um, 
I just want to get you to think about it. You don't have to raise your hand, but uh, if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to do that. You, you will view the Christian life entirely different. You know, it's a... Uh, if you have not given your life to Christ, you know what's going to happen is you're going to go through the Christian life and every little thing is just going to be this trial and drudgery because every little thing along the way is just going to be another step of saying, oh, I've got to do this, and now I've got to do this, and now I've got to do this. But if you just give your whole life to Christ, you know, it, it, the rest is details. The rest is details, you know. And um, So this verse here is saying, hey, in light of God's mercy and His love and His grace to you, Offer yourselves back to Him as, a, as an offering. And some translations say, you know, this is a spiritual act of worship. Some of them say this is a reasonable act of worship. Some say, basically, it's a fitting act of worship. You know, uh, offering your life to, to Christ will not, it will never pay for your salvation. It won't even make a, a dent. You know, offering, say, you got 80 years of life compared to an eternal sentence that we've been forgiven, it won't make a dent. But it is fitting that you offer your lives to Christ in view of God's mercy to you. And, um, and so I, I just want to encourage you to, to think about that. Maybe at the end of our time we might just even pray to offer our lives to Christ. Um, the other thing that's interesting to notice here is that uh, it says, Offer yourselves, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. You know, in the Old Testament, they had, like, animals. You, you sacrifice them, you slit their throats, you do whatever they do in those times. Um, but uh, we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. So what's, what's the trouble with living sacrifices? Yeah, living sacrifices tend to want to crawl off the altar. They say, hey, I'll throw myself on the altar. Hey, I'm still alive. Let's get off the altar. This sacrifice is not for me. Um, and a living sacrifice can remove itself from the altar. And it's supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime sort of deal, but the reality is, practically, it plays out by maybe daily putting yourself back on the altar, giving your life to Christ again, though it's, it's kind of a one-time, I give you my life. You know, the, the Bible says real clearly He's actually bought us, so it's kind of like we're just acknowledging what the real situation is. Our life is not our own. It has been bought. When we call Jesus Lord... It's calling Him owner, calling Him redeemer, calling Him the one to whom our life now belongs. But the real deal is about living that out in a, a daily, sacrificial sort of way. But I want to encourage you to think about that. If you, catch, if you catch giving your life to Christ, really, the rest of it all is it's about details. It's about how to do that. It's about what does holy look like? What does pleasing look like? Uh, a lot of it just comes into place under this verse. Another verse we have here is... Um, some of you might know this one. Uh, this is from the uh, King James Version here, but it says, Where there is no... Oh, this is from... Uh, this is actually the NIV. It should be uh, one you're reading right here. It says, Where there is no uh, revelation, the people cast off restraint. Um, the King James says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. So it kind of ties in vision with revelation from God, and it also ties in perishing as compared to you know having restraint, having boundaries that will prevent you from maybe like falling off the cliff or something like that, you know. Um, so, but vision from God gives gives boundaries with which we can proceed together. Um, and so, I wanted to share a little more about the vision. We've been trying to share it uh, over you know, starting last month and now this month with this building campaign. But I wanted to do a little just walk through again about where this vision is coming from, how it's kind of originated. Um, I know some of you have heard it, but. Basically, it was almost uh, six months ago, 
uh, back in March, we, we've been praying as pastors. Our end of our year was coming up with the Asbury where we were there, and we were kind of calculating how much they charge us, how much use we get out of the building, and we're starting to see, boy, I wonder if this is the best uh, use for the money that we're paying. Others were telling us that's a pretty high price for using it for Sundays, you know, and then we had to pay extra for a lot of our other uses there. And But as we were weighing this out, I got a call from another pastor, and he said, hey, I just want to meet with you. We're thinking about maybe sharing the building with you, if you guys would be up for that. And so I met with him. He kind of shared with me what they were thinking. Um, but at the same time, we were just been keeping our eye around the, uh, the neighborhood on just different opportunities, places we could meet, warehouses. We have a number of you. Some of you are, you know, calling and checking out places. I know Daryl kept his eye on some different locations. Grace was calling and checking on some. But um, we had this one warehouse. We thought, this is potentially a fit. Um, but the guy, I think he had told Grace, he said, you know, um, why don't you call me back at the beginning of April, and we'll see. His price was seeming a little higher than what we were hoping for. But uh, he said, call back in April. We'll see what we can do. And so, sure enough, I met with this pastor. He's talking about moving his, you know, 300-plus congregation into that building, and maybe we would share with them, which, you know, that means uh, we would bear the brunt of the sharing mostly. Um, But then uh, we called this guy, and he said, you know, uh, I want to drop the price here. I met with him, started looking at it, um, and it just seemed like uh, one door was kind of closing. It, It became to be that other church really wanted access to the whole building. They were willing to share and work with us, but ultimately they, they just wanted to take over the whole building when they had the opportunity to. Um, but this other guy seemed to want to have a church come into his warehouse. And it's like one door was closing and another door was opening. And so we, we just began praying and seeking God on it. That was back in April. And this is, what, this is five and a half months later. And we've just been seeking God. And one of the things we've been trying to do is just to really get the vision for catch the vision you know it says vision is really a, it's the other word it uses for revelation it's really just God revealing uh, what he sees and revealing that to us and that's our vision our vision is, is really as God sees it or, or wants it to be and so we just were praying God show us what, what you're doing what you're up to and we just had little steps along the way I remember I met with this guy one of the things I was hoping is well, God, if this is going to be the place, why don't you give us favor with the God? I remember one of the first or second times I met with him, he said, hey, here's the key. Why don't you go make a copy at the hardware store and, you know, get in here whenever you want to, to look at, look around, to pray about it, to assess things. And I was like, that's a good sign. You know, that's a pretty good sign. Um, we, uh, what else did we do? We brought the, you know, some of the leadership team in there. We were just praying about it. But one of the first hurdles we bumped into was the city was basically saying, this building uh, has some parking requirements that are not being met, and there's no way you or anyone can meet in it unless those parking requirements get met, unless the zoning thing changes. And so we were praying, and I was taking things back and forth to the city, and finally one day the guy said, I think, I think we can do this. You have seven parking spots, five internal, two in the alley, and a bike rack, and you should be good. And, and the door opened. And, but it could have stayed closed. It could have been a done deal. We were praying back back then. It was like the end of April. We said, Lord, if you don't open up the door for parking, we this is a no-go. We don't, we don't even proceed. And, and there's just been a number of things as we go. We've been praying for, uh, you know, just trying to assess the cost. And we prayed, well, we probably need a contractor that could really work with a church that could uh, assess things, understanding volunteer labor, understanding uh, maybe even having the ability to to parcel out different parts of the project. Maybe the contractor does some of it, and then the church would go, hey, we know an electrician. They would do that for us. And, and we 
we bumped into a guy that's been a part of our churches. He's down in Parker, but he works for a general contractor that's, um, uh, they've worked on churches before. And he said, you know, this seems like something we could work together with you on. And, and we were just like, that's a good thing. We had a, you know, it was one of the things that we've been told is a real blessing, and we know it is true, is that uh, God has given us an architect in our midst, uh, not just an architect, a, a good godly man. Uh, he's a deacon here as well, a good husband, but he's also an architect, which comes in handy when you're looking at things like this. And so we've just been continuing to pray and ask God, God, show us the vision. And we feel like we've gone to the place as pastors where we go, ah, we've got the vision. I, I can see God. We feel that God is calling us into this, but we're also at a place where we're trying to share that vision. We go, this is what we think God has for us, and we want to share that vision with you all, we want everyone to feel what we feel, what God's put on our hearts, and and we're hoping that even in the next couple of weeks, as we're going through this, that you would just really catch God's heart for it, as as we feel like we've caught it. So again, it's not um, it's not something we thought of. Hey, we should do this. It'd be real fun, real easy. Uh, it's just something we feel like God is leading us into. Um, next verse here, and this is the last verse we'll look at here, but. Uh, so in the process of, of catching the vision and trying to share the vision and, um, you know, trust God even, we're, we're preparing to trust God for the provision, what will be needed to get it done. Um, but I feel like personally I've been, I've been kind of guarding my heart. You know, we know that, some of you know the proverb, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Another translation says, uh, it affects everything that you do. We guard our hearts. We're careful. You know, the Bible's real clear. There's a proper time and procedure for everything. We might look at something and go, that's it's God's will that that should happen. But the Bible says, hey, there's a, there's a proper way and there's an improper way for everything. And so I've been trying to guard my heart. I feel like, boy, I see we can meet there. We've got access to it 24-7. We can have prayer meetings. We can have this crazy thing called the uh, office. Uh, boy, I've been thinking that would be wild to have an office. Um, uh, the progression of our, our church office, I don't know if you know it, we were at Commons Park. Our office was uh, in my wife and I's apartment. We had a closet that we put a desk in and a laptop, and that was the church office for a while. Uh, eventually I upgraded. We had a storage closet in that same apartment complex, and I moved my desk and stuff up there, had a little more space, a little more privacy, and it was a storage closet. Um, nowadays we've upgraded to the basement at my house there, and that's... Um, you know, we just kind of do business down in the basement there. And I, I can't imagine the concept of an office. is, is really it's like, wow, there's an idea. You know, most, most everyone else has offices that has a job around here. I mean, um, I had an office back in Fort Collins, you know, with the church there. And it's just a, it's kind of, you don't have to have an office to get on with life, but it's kind of nice, you know, it'd be kind of cool. But I was just like, ah, don't let your heart go there. We're not sure. This, You know, I've been just kind of guarding my heart, but I feel like over time, uh, God's led me to this or just guarding your heart don't, don't let it get ahead of you uh, maybe not the time's not right but somewhere there's been a transition to trust the Lord with all your heart you know um, in order to share my heart with the things that I think God could do that means I can't keep it to myself and I've got to go you know these are things that are very real that I think God is putting on my heart and our hearts as pastors that, for this church and I need to trust God with it um, and, but share it as well so that you guys can share the same, the same vision, the same uh, you know, calling that God has for us. Uh, another thing we've been thinking about is that, you know, but lean not on your own understanding. Uh, the reality is uh, today we are pretty sure God is calling us to tackle this together as a church. 
tomorrow, God could say, you know what? Stop. Put a stop to it. I was just checking. I was just checking to see if you'd obey me. I was just checking to see if you really had your, your head on straight with your vision of what you're going to try to accomplish in the city. I was just checking to see if you knew who you are as a church. And he could say that. I think of the offering with Abraham and Isaac, and Abraham was going to sacrifice this desire that he had, his promised son, his family that was to come, and, and he's going to take a knife to it, and God said, stop, I've got something else for you. God could do that tomorrow. Today, we feel pretty convinced that this is what God is walking us into. Um, but we're not going to lean on our own understanding. Um, you know, I think one thing I want to make real clear is that we do sense God's calling us into this. But um, I think I even shared last week, it's something that God wants us to become. It's kind of like using a shell. It's like a hermit crab gets to the shell and it kind of moves in. It's still a crab, but it's got to have a shell that it's kind of doing business in or whatever. And same with the church. You know, we're a church... And your meeting space, it could be the Ramada Inn ballroom. It could be the Asbury Church. It could be a club room down at the Metro. That's just where, where we kind of set up who we are. But I just want to make sure that we, as God leads us into this, if He keeps go, doing what He's doing, I um, just want to make sure we're extremely clear that this building will not define us as a church. This building is not to define us. It's simply to be a place where we can express who God has made us as a church. And I think that's a vital thing to catch. This building will not define us. It's got some cool things about it. Um, I think God could really bless it um, and bless what we're doing for Him there. But it won't define us. It'll just be a place to express who we are already. I think one of the things that... I, I met with uh, John Meyer yesterday. He's a pastor up in Fort Collins, the church we came down from Fort Collins to be here. And he, we were just talking through. I walked him through the building. We talked through some different things. And... And he said, you know, one of the things that came up, he just said, uh, he feels like small churches in America are having uh, kind of like an identity crisis. They don't really know who they are as a small church, and they're really, a lot of small churches are trying to be big churches, but they're not. And in some ways, a small church has strengths that, uh, that big churches don't have, and some of the strengths that big churches have, you know, small churches don't. And, but he said, you know, as a church, as a firehouse, we really got to know who we are, and and that's independent of this building. But we hope that God is leading us here. We sense that God is leading us here, but, um, you know, he was talking about just one of the strengths, as we were talking through, one of the strengths we have as a church, you know, some of you might know it, some of you might not, but I imagine you do if you've been around here at all, that God has made us, he's given us a loving relationship. He's made us a family. Um, people always comment on the fellowship they have and coming to church before, after, the hospitality, the warmth there. Um, it's something that God has given us. You know, and we work at our teaching and we work at our worship and things like that, but uh, by and far the strength of this church is in the relationships and the fellowship that God brings here. And, and we need to catch that. You know, sometimes uh, people try to go, well... So there's that element, but, you know, we really need to have more technology. We need to have more on stage, more resources on the band. We need to have, like, Steele and Jeremy Darling doing their thing, and we need to have, you know, a teacher that everyone's, everyone's downloading the Godcast on, on the web because the teachings are so cool. You know, I don't know if you haven't figured it out. That's not us, you know. Um, uh, but what we do have is uh, godly relationships, relationships where people care for one another, laying down, we're like a family of believers, you know, and brothers and sisters in Christ, and God is our Father, and and we want to catch that, you know, I was talking to John, a funny thing, some of you, uh, 
church in Fort Collins. Twenty years ago, they had this shirt. Um, and it was just kind of, they were a small church back then. There was a TV show. I don't know if any of you ever heard of Cheers. Uh, you know, some of you were a place where everybody knows your name. You know, they had this little jingle. And some of you, you know what their motto was 20 years ago? Some of you, a place where everybody knows your name. You know what their strength was? Loving relationships, fellowship with one another, hospitality. Um, you know what some of you is now? Some of you is probably averaging over 800 people a weekend, and it's not a place where everybody knows your name. You know, as a matter of fact, John was, John said, you know, that's kind of a weakness we have now. We're a small church. We embraced it. God blessed it. He grew us to a big church. Now we can't wear that T-shirt anymore. I was talking to him. I remember that T-shirt. He's like, you know, kind of blushing. Like, yeah, a place where everybody knows your name. You know, they have some other strengths, other things that God's done with their church um, that are a part of being a large church. But, you know, we were just talking about embracing who we are as a small church. And, uh, you know, taking hold of our strengths and using them and, you know, trying to make sure uh, we're, we're doing our best in our worship and our teaching and trusting God with that. But the point of all this is that I just think this building, it's not going to define us. It's not going to make us someone different. It's just a place to express who we are. And that's, that's really what we want to do there. Um, and so, uh, anyways, the last thing I want to leave us with here is just, we're talking about sacrifice, we're, we're calling the church to join us in this. That's really one of the prayers, the requests of the pastors, that you would join us, first, in praying about this, catching God's heart, and then second, in some of the things that are going to be required, financial giving, hard work, um, and then eventually putting it to use. You know, the goal is not just to get it set up, the goal is to use it for God's glory. But... We also realize that uh, as we've walked this out and the leaders, we've caught the vision and we're trying to share that vision and we've shared with our leadership team and um, we've had the leadership team in there praying and doing different things. A number of you have had opportunities to, to help fill dumpsters in the warehouse there, but we realize that a number of you have never even been in this building before. How many of you have never set foot in this warehouse yet? Yeah, you know, so we, we kind of got the idea that... Uh, Boy, it's sure hard to call someone in to sacrifice and to give something that's precious to them for the sake of something else when they haven't even been inside it. So, as far as the prizes go, I guess the cat's out of the bag here. Um, what we're going to do this morning is just take a little field trip. And uh, all the kids are squared away in Sunday school. And we are just going to load up in vehicles here as efficiently as we can. And some of you that are on bikes, we've got space in our minivan. Maybe the Irwins can come with us or Ned or something like that. Um, we're just going to take like five minutes, and the goal is to kind of swiftly pack up. We're going to go up, you know, if you know where the warehouse is, it's just up Zuni. It's probably the easiest way. Zuni to 32nd, cut down 32nd, take a left on Tejon, and it's right there. We'll just kind of park right there. We're just going to go inside. Uh, I'd like to give you a little personal walkthrough of what, uh, you know, what's on my heart related to it. Brad and, and Jeff get to share their hearts for the next couple of weeks, but I thought I'll get to share my heart in the building. That'll be fun. Um, we'll kind of walk you through um, what we feel like God could uh, allow us to do there, ways He could allow us to express ourselves. Um, we'll probably even bring a guitar. Ask Jeremy if he'd bring a guitar. We'll sing a song or two there to wrap things up. And I'll leave you with a, a paper just that talks you through joining us and praying about this. But uh, if you guys would, let's just uh, make it a plan to meet over at the warehouse in five minutes. Is that, any questions on that? If you don't know where that is, uh, don't go first. Uh, follow somebody else. Uh, 
So anyway, it's five minutes. We'll catch you over there. And we will come back here after we're done there. So we'll just be over there for a few minutes.